If you're running a six, multi-six or seven figure business, then you have either already hired or you probably need to hire, or you have already had some not so great experience with the hiring process. So today I want to talk about the pitfalls of hiring and how to avoid them. Okay, so we're going to dive right into the episode. I'm really excited. I have hired a lot in my six years in business, and I'm really excited to share with you not only the ways to avoid it, but how I structured our systems to create a much smoother hiring process. All right, so we are chatting through the pitfalls of hiring today and how to hopefully avoid those pitfalls. And these are all pitfalls that I have either witnessed working within a business or they are pitfalls that I personally went through through my hiring process. And I have learned a lot of lessons, especially over the last two and a half years of hiring in the ways to do it incorrectly. <laughs> and then the ways to make it a much easier process for myself and, and hopefully the candidates too. And you know, that kind of thing. So without further ado, the first thing that I see a lot is you don't have the role that you're looking to hire for fully flushed out or you're not prepared for that person to come on. Now, what I mean by that is if you are overwhelmed in your business, but you can't pinpoint where the overwhelm is and how to fix it, and you think hiring somebody is going to fix it for you, then you're wrong. And I say that with love and compassion <laughs> because when you, especially if someone just hires a general virtual assistant who has only been in business for a few months or a, you know, a year, or they're just getting started, you will save money, but you're going to be spending a lot of time, probably more time than you need to figuring out what you actually want them to do. Now this can go one of two ways. If you have somebody who's like willing to come in, eager to learn, and you guys jive really well, it can work. However, most of the time, because you don't have a clear direction and they, if they're, again, a general virtual assistant, they don't have the experience, the expertise, the skills to come in and help you prioritize things in order to for you to focus on the things that you need to focus on and they focus on the things they need to focus on, right? So what tends to happen is you both end up frustrated. The person that you're paying, you know, you're not using the hours because you don't know how to use them or you are throwing so much at them that they become overwhelmed because it's not systemized or you don't have an SOP created or there's a lot of contact switching. I see this one a lot when business owners are looking to hire. They want somebody to answer emails and manage the calendar and post to social media and create graphics. And I've had it where like, it's also editing a podcast or, you know, scheduling blogs or sending in submissions for magazines or doing podcast pitching or event pitching. And that's like four different roles in a business. But when someone hires a general VA, they think they could have that one person do all of those things. And it's not that you couldn't, 
but you aren't hiring someone who does all of those things extremely well. You're going to hire someone and you're going to want them to do all of these things. But if you don't have a way to train them on how to do all of those things in your business, then one, they're going to be spending a lot of time on your dime learning how to do it. And then two, you're probably going to have a lot more back and forth in trying to figure out how you want a podcast to sound, how you want this email answer, what you want for calendars, templates for graphics, all of those things. You are creating a lot of this stuff from scratch if you're not prepared for the role. And that costs you more money because it's costing them more time. And it costs both of you frustration because there's no clear path on how to take care of things. So when you first decide that you want to bring somebody on, then you need to figure out what that role is going to look like. And I personally don't hire people to do multiple things in my business. There is one person on my team who is, I call her my glue because she's my admin assistant. So she helps me manage emails. She manages my calendar. And then she also has a fantastic design eye. So she does all of our graphics and that sort of thing. So she's at a couple different spots in the business, but I don't have her in all of the places. She's in my email and then she's our main graphic person. Other than that, you know, I have an accounting team. I work with an accounting agency that does all the bookkeeping. I work with a podcast management company that manages the podcast. All I do is record. I have on my own team, if a single client wants marketing and admin support, they're going to be working with two different people because I don't have my team working in multiple places if I can help it. And nine times out of the 10, I can help it. So they get an admin person and that is their zone of genius. That is what they're really good at. They know know, how to answer emails, how to manage a calendar. They've learned the CRMs, et cetera, et cetera. So they have become more efficient in those tasks because that's all they've done for me. So make sure that role is fully fleshed out. You're clear on the type of person that you feel would be the best fit. You are clear on what your team environment is like, what the type, what your mission is with your company, what your values are. When you know you want team members that are in alignment with those things and aren't just a good fit for the role, but a good fit for your business personally. Do you have zero balance between your work and life? Are you losing leads because you're overwhelmed? Are you losing sales because you are constantly putting out fires? If you answered yes, then I would love to encourage you to join our Business Boundaries Bootcamp. This free, self-paced, four-video program is all about determining maintaining and implementing your boundaries so you can run a business you love again. Head over to the link in our show notes to sign up. Okay, the other pitfall that kind of goes hand in hand with this is not understanding who you actually need to hire. I kind of touched on this a little bit already, but I want to dive into it a little bit more. A lot of the times when we're unsure who we need to hire, what I recommend my clients do is a time audit. That mixed with a brain dump. So they brain dump 
everything that they don't like doing in their business, whatever that looks like. I don't put any parameters on it than like whatever you don't like doing in your business and then do a time audit. What in your business throughout the week is taking up the most time? And is it something that you actually need to be doing? So then you look at your time audit and you're like, oh, this marketing task of creating graphics takes up two hours of my week. And then on your brain dump, you're like, I hate creating marketing graphics. Then you're like, oh, I could hire somebody to do these marketing graphics. But then if it's like, well, it takes me two hours to write two posts, then it's like, okay, maybe I actually need a marketing person. I don't like writing the posts. I don't like creating the graphics. You know, I struggle with getting things done in a timely manner because a marketing person can typically whip out a week of content, if not two weeks of content within a couple of hours, maybe three hours, or at least that's, you know, kind of where I always spent my time. So if you are struggling with figuring out who to hire, then do the time audit, do the brain dump and see if there are things that are kind of in the middle of the Venn diagram. You know, what if you do have things that you don't like doing and takes up too much time, then those are the things that you can outsource first. And whether that's creating graphics, editing a podcast, uh, you know, answering emails, keeping things on your calendar, that's going to give you some idea on who to hire. And then you can move on to the next thing on the list, whatever that looks like. And then another pitfall is not having a test in place. When I first started hiring, I didn't actually test anybody when they wanted to, when I started interviewing people, I simply went off of the application and the interview process to make my final decision. And it didn't always bite me in the butt, but it definitely bit me in the butt a couple of times. What a test can tell you is what is their problem solving like? What is their ability to take a task and run with it like? Do they need the step-by-step process every single time to do it? Or are they somebody that will Google or YouTube their way through a task that they haven't done before before asking you questions? This is something that is extremely important to me on my team. I don't want people that I need to hand deliver the process on a silver platter every single time. It takes too much time. I want to be able to say, here's an SOP, here's the task and run with it. And then if they have questions, then at that point, they should have exhausted their other resources before they bring me that question. Now, this isn't something I implemented initially when I first started a team. I was happy to be the person to answer the questions and send videos and send documents and that sort of thing. But once my team started getting to three, four people, I was spending a lot of time answering questions and questions that that was asked by somebody else on the team or questions that could be easily found in a help section on Dubsado or HoneyBook or whatever. So I implemented a couple things that was like, hey, here's a Slack channel. Here's a Voxer channel. Y'all talk amongst each other. See if you can't figure it out together. Then if you're not getting help together and you're not getting the answers you need in the help section, then come to me and I'm happy to help you work through a problem. And there's just going to be times it's like you have to reach out to support for that. Sorry, 
Okay, so put a test in place based on how you want your team to work. So for me, I want somebody who's going to take initiative, who's going to figure out a task, who isn't expecting me, like I said, to hand it to them on a silver platter. That's what I want. The type of test that I do is I give them my login to a Dubsado account, my Dubsado account. And I'm like, hey, I want you to create me as a new client. And then I want you to attach this workflow. And I want you to send me a proposal for this amount. I don't give them any more information than that. And when I went through my last hiring process earlier this year, these are people that have never even heard of Dubsado before. But what I was looking for is someone who can go in, figure it out. It doesn't have to be perfect, but if you can go into Dubsado, figure out how to make a client, figure out how to connect the correct workflow and send me something, that shows me that you are willing to figure it out to get the task done. Okay, so depending on what you want your client, your team to look like, how you want your team to work, try to base your test off of something that makes that happen. And then if someone doesn't, if someone comes back with you to you with 10 questions or, you know, doesn't hit the deadline by the time that you want it back by or doesn't complete it in a way that even makes sense, then you know that they're not going to be a good fit for your team. This, this is kind of the same thing with your application too. I'm looking for somebody who fills out the application in its entirety and does it really well. I... I'm not talking about like not having grammar mistakes or like misspelling words or stuff like that. Like that stuff happens. I'm not worried about that. What I want is somebody who clearly took the time to answer the questions that I asked thoroughly. In my application for client experience managers, I have them write an email based on three different email prompts that are coming from clients, quote unquote, and they have to, you know, handle the situation. I'm unavailable. I make that clear. Like I'm unavailable. You have to answer this email without any input from me. And if their email doesn't sound great or it's very short or it doesn't make sense, then they're probably not a good fit unless something else in their application was shining, amazing, great, then, you know, I'm not going to be moving forward with them. So make sure that the application that you send out and the people you're interviewing are people who actually took the time to fill out the application and do it really well. Cause those are the people who I would want on my team. And then the final one we're going to talk about today is hiring too soon. I've done this a couple of times where I get on couple of interviews, you know, two, three, four interviews, and I hire the first person that I feel a connection with. And that has burned me. I'm not saying it won't ever work. What I am saying is if you hire the first person that you make a good connection with, you are kind of putting the horse before the cart. And I would encourage you to interview at least between eight and 10 people for a role before you make a final decision, because that's going to give you more solid data on who you actually want to, to hire and, you know, the different personality types and their different rates and how they completed the task differently, those types of things. And then making the decision. If you only have three or four people that you've interviewed, you're not getting a really solid pool on 
that, you know, the potential person for that role. So I like to see between eight and 10 before I make that final decision. And then just a little bonus here, not necessarily a pitfall, but some tips. And I'll do more tips uh, in a later episode. Have someone else in your business, especially if you already have somebody in your business. If you have like a right-hand person in your business, have them look at the initial applications before you schedule interviews. I actually have my employee go through the applications and schedule their first interview with her before I meet with them. She knows my business just about as well as I do. She knows exactly who would be a good fit for the team, what the goals are, what our priorities are, what our values are, etc. And I trust her judgment just about implicitly to make really good decisions for the business. So I rely heavily on her in the beginning process so that I'm not spending a bunch of time, you know, going through applications or scheduling interviews with people that aren't a good fit. So just another little bonus tip there. That is all for today. I hope these hiring pitfalls are things that you can avoid and you have a much smoother hiring process the next time you hire. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the CEO Shift Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you took a few minutes to leave us a review on wherever you were listening to this episode. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.